good stuff all right good evening guys um and welcome to biddable connect spaces uh for some of you who are new to the platform like um to the specific platform like mutusi bw connect spaces is a place where we try to grow botswana's entrepreneurship ecosystem um it started off just as an ecosystem where um entrepreneurs um and small businesses would come on here tell us about themselves and we would hopefully um in the greater scheme of things hopefully we'll be able to create networks um and create um new ways of looking at things um even create partnerships um through here so the idea here is not just to come and present and sound great it's about letting us know what you're doing letting us know where you what you're up to your challenges and also letting us know where different people can fit in and hopefully be able to find synergies that can then grow all of us um and be able to um you know we can all make money going forward um and so we inspire but we also hope to actually give tangible you know tangible solutions where people can actually can actually learn now how do we obviously have a panel of speakers and today we're speaking specifically about fashion now fashion is very wide so yes i do know that there there's blind spots that we have not touched here um do not kill me kill us for that what we will do is we will obviously this is an interactive session um anybody who as we speak out anything analytical about any specific topic please hit us up um uh, mute uh, please hit us up and make sure you know please hit us up so that you send a speaker request so that you can comment if you want to comment um i am expecting um some interesting guests to possibly pop in and and give some some perspective on some things that they've done we'll see if that works out um but in the meantime while we're still dealing with the panelists which will probably uh, be the next hour or so we will be happy to get you um asking questions not for you to direct and ask questions um to the speakers for for them to touch on things please um write your tweets uh, on um on your on your on your timelines and make sure you put the hashtag #bwconnectspaces or tag the or tag the bw connect spaces um and or tag the bw connect spaces um handle or tag myself um but hashtag bw connect spaces ask your questions there put your comments there and i'll continuously be going into the timeline to pick up those questions um and direct them to 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 the speakers so immediately start just putting down what the kind of questions or the kind of things that you might want us to touch on start putting them there right thank you so now i think we i think we can kick off um have we lost peggy um i think we can kick off and basically go through the and and just get an intro from the different from all of our different speakers um they will introduce themselves um i've we we've, we've we've got i'll start with i'll start with the ladies So uh, we'll start with Peggy, Peggy Grandberg. Hi Peggy, how are you? How are you on this wonderful summer evening? Hi guys, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. So uh, Peggy, 
um, basically introduce yourself. Let us know what you do, um, who you are, um, and how you've sort of tell us the story before fashion and, you know, before getting to fashion. Who is Peggy? That kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and then let's take it from there. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you've already said my name. My name is Peggy Grinberg, and I am 25 years old, 26 in just a month and a half. And I'm from Maung, Kobosteja, Route 9. Um, that's where my mother's from. And yeah, hey, before modeling, I mean, I started at a, at a very young age, so I can't really separate myself from entering the fashion industry from like um, an early age. But yeah, that's basically who I am. All right, fantastic. And then the other, the other lady in the panel, um, hi, Litzema, how are you? Hi, I'm Poeng. I am well. How are you? Yes. I've already asked you this. But like, I'm sure everyone wants to know how you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, good, random, had a long day. Um, let us know, who, who is Litzema? Who is Litzema before fashion? Okay, so I am... I, I, unlike Peggy, I entered the fashion space very late in life. So before that, I am, I'm from Saroe. I am born from four, four sisters and my default mother is somewhere in the listener space. She's my sister. So she became my mom at a very young age and I'm the last born. I am... I am very passionate about travel. I enjoy like spaces. I enjoy seeing new spaces. Um, that you can imagine. Uh, um, so you guys are gonna really need to 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 guide me here. The thing I care Man, about. That's fashion. It is fashion. I was going to I was going to say the same thing as well. I'm like that's fashion as well. Or or like. Lack of anyway, but I guess I guess I'm mm-hmm. just, I guess mm-hmm. it's still, still fashion. <laughs> so so for me, I'm gonna really bring. I want to bring out the business side, right? I, like for every for all of you guys, everything to do, and I and 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 I really would like for us to 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 keep the conversation sort of very generic and, and allow it to go where it wants to go, right? Um, so feel free to jump in at any time. Um, but for me, the, the thing that I care, I'm going to care about, and I want us to eventually get to after sort of talking about obviously what you guys do is I want us to get to the business side of things. Um, I think, you know, people know the makeup, the makeup artists, the models and what they do, but like how many people really, really know about the business. And I really, that's, that's the thing that I think I really want us to to get value, to, to get value from. Right. And I want, I want us to really drill down there. Um, and so, I, I, I want to. I'm going to go back to Peggy, um, and sort of say, okay, you guys have, and and it, this question is going to go to all of you. Um, so as soon as Peggy's sort of finished speaking, anybody can jump on. Um, we've we've obviously talked about um and like you said, you can't even really remember when the fashion started, but you know, sort of take us through now. Who are you in fashion? How did you transition into jumping into fashion? Um, what do you do? Are you doing it full time? How's it going? So yeah, 
that that kind of space um and then you know we can start talking so as soon as peggy's done anyone can jump on okay hi guys again to anyone who's just joined us um okay currently i'm actually doing something that's far from fashion but it's close in the terms that fashion is not just clothing but accessories as well so i work as a business development executive for a jewelry manufacturing and um, retailing company. So in a sense, yes, I still do connect myself to fashion, even though um, the title of the job doesn't really say much about fashion itself. Um, so taking it back to how I got into the fashion industry, I started modeling in 2013 and um, retired around 2017-18. So for me to begin this journey, I used to attend modeling classes, which my mother had great interest um, in at the time and not actually myself. So I got to learn to um, love the industry and explore that side of myself um, that I actually didn't know existed. So um, with my achievements being awarded um, a lot of awards um, in America, where I actually got to start my, my modeling um, career there. And then quickly after that, I started doing modeling classes. So I was a model coach as well. And this was like in 2013. So I used to assist um, young girls who wanted to get into the industry, but also just to like build confidence and, you know, just being on stage and exposing yourself to being able to connect with people. And yeah, that's what I was doing at the time. From then I became a model coach at Miss Botswana. And this was also in 2013, so I got that opportunity to um, coach um, our queens and finally, and I joined Gemstones in 2013 again as well. It was a busy year for me, actually. So then I got to win the competition, and then I got to go to America again to feather my um, experience in the industry, but this time... Um, internationally and getting to work with um, modeling agencies there and then having a chance to actually work for some top modeling um, agencies and fashion designers there as well. And then quickly after that, I founded a modeling school prior to having been a model coach before then. But now this time I was actually now having a modeling school under my name, which I got to run and do all the work by myself basically so I did the training and it's not just the walking it's getting to style your hair doing your makeup um you know just being able to present yourself did we lose Peggy as a speaker let me try let me try and find her again um, while we're getting Peggy back on, I guess Elizama, you can you can sort of um, take us on your journey um, in fashion. Okay, so I no, my parents were were very young parents, and they wanted me to go to school. So I was I didn't have the leeway that Peggy had, where your parents are super um, supportive of everything. I'm a very tall girl. I've always been a tall girl, and at the time I was very skinny. So everyone would ask if I was a model by maybe um, 14, 15, I was 1.74. 
and that was when I reached like my height. So I was I've always been a tall kid and everyone would ask me like you should model, you should model and I'd say no, my sister would never allow that and she never did. So, um soon as I finished university, I actually I had a friend um my close friend at the time, she lived in the UK and as a graduation gift, my parents gifted me um a trip to the UK to go visit her. So when I got there, um, there was a lady that was like a, she still is, she's like a very like good pageant lady. Like she is all about pageantry. And you know that pageantry, it starts like from when you're very, very young. So she saw my pictures and I think somehow my sister and her friends talked. And then my sister was like, no, my little sister is there and you should you should see what you can do with her. I think that's when she started being open to it because she was like, okay, she got her degree, so we might as well start grooming her other side. So um, I think by then I was like 20, 21. And this lady called me and she was also in the UK and she told me like, oh yeah, like Miss Commonwealth is coming up. And all the, these girls have been in boot camp for like two weeks and you can come if you'd like. I mean, Botswana does, is not represented at the moment, and she said to me, um, definitely join us. And my friend and I took a train to London and I competed in that. And out of all the Commonwealth um, countries and arriving there and finding these girls who have been in boot camp for years. And also these girls are pageant girls. And I got, um, I was the runner up. Number one was South Africa and I was um, the second runner up. And that was sort of what started. I didn't start as a makeup artist. And then from there, I came back home. And now my sister could see that, okay, there's 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 something here. We can work with whatever it is. And if this is what she wants to do, then, okay, I can't really stop her. So, and then after that, um, we start, I started attending auditions. Um, I ran different fashion shows. And... I think that's when I was truly, truly introduced to fashion. You know, I was, I've always loved fashion and my, and my sister can attest to that. And I always reference her because like she was the main person in my life. And I remember Siva's day, like every one of them, I would never, ever, ever. And when I say I would never repeat an outfit, I truly mean it. I was the kid that would never repeat an outfit. And if my sister doesn't buy me a new outfit for the next series, I would cry. Because I was just like, no, I'm generally just not going to be a loser, right? So like from primary school and then when I started modeling, I realized that I actually really, really love fashion. And after a while, um, unfortunately, modeling here doesn't pay you enough for you to stay there. So I would do modeling and I would be at work. So that's when I started working. And during that period, my my friend, um, the one I spoke of, um, she was learning how to do makeup. And because I've been to the UK, I was exposed to girl makeup, right? Like Nigerian girl makeup. And I realized that uh, I, these girls So then I started watching YouTube um, videos and I learned how to do makeup through YouTube. And Everyone at work by that time knew that this hand just loves to watch YouTube. So if the internet wasn't working at work, my boss would call me and say, because I just wanted to learn. And yeah, so from modeling, I then became a muse. And in between that, I was a muse for Dida, 
Um, some of you might know them. Um, they are a fashion stable in Botswana. So since uh, my modeling days, they have been my muse. I've uh, been their muse, and they have clothed me for many mu- um, numerous um, occasions in my life. So yeah, we have like that built um, relationship. Yeah, and the music in um, Ghana, you're, you're, you're using fashion speed. What's a muse? Oh, that is like your person, like your ambassador type of thing. Uh-huh, like in, so, like inspo. Yes. Okay, your inspiration. Yes. Yeah. So like for every every one of our fashions, I mean, now they have everyday fashion, which is like an everyday um, type of wear. I'm still um, the ambassador for, for that. So fashion has moved with me throughout the years. Okay, cool. Mutusi Kanyo, anyone of you can jump on? Peggy, I will come back to you. Um, I think let me. Oh, are you? Oh, are you starting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'd like to. Well, my my journey with fashion started somewhat as an accident. It's something that I didn't know I had a passion in. It started as a love for um, draping stuff or working with materials or, you know, seeing something and wanting it to be draped over something. And I think my earliest memory goes back to wedding gowns. And, you know, I was always um, kind of obsessed with the, the shapes and the forms that you could create for wedding gowns and stuff. I think I was obsessed with the tool fabric more than anything. And, you know, that's that's kind of the beginning of where everything started because then I'd start painting pictures of what I would love to see people clothed in, um, things that interested me or things that I wanted to see other people, you know, be able to, to, to wear um, on different occasions, um, to different places, you know, yeah, it, it, it was it, because it, of the it, it was, and the beautiful, I guess. Maybe because of rage, right? It, it, it was it was one of the it was one of the influences because I think with the bold with the bold more than anything, I really loved the way well the the sketches that I would usually see on there and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. And I'll be just like, Yeah, I want to be able to do that also one day. Um at that point, you didn't know that it, it, it could be a fully-fledged business because in your head, you're just thinking it's a hobby or something that, that you know, something that you just take an interest in because at the time, there weren't a lot of people or a lot of places I could quickly refer to and say, oh, Simang Mangkana is a fashion designer and they're able to do this, this and that and that and that. You know, they've managed to receive these accolades and they're making money, et cetera, et cetera there was never really that reference point. So for me, all I ever saw was through television. So I always thought it was something that was with, that was not within reach. And I always treated it as a hobby. And I think until Varsity, that's when I was like, you know what? I think let's take this seriously. And I think that's where my journey with fashion began. Um, one would One would think that I would immediately just go into it, but, I had to teach myself a lot of the things that I know. Um, This involved getting mentors. This involved immersing myself within the industry. I've done so many unpaid internships and, um, (laughs) 
and apprenticeships with so many different designers who've taught me so much. And um, it's, it's in those experiences I was able to learn one about business of the business of fashion, which I've come to find out I'm very passionate about, um, as well as how to hone your skills and create your identity as a fashion designer. Because if you're going to be pursuing it as a business, you need to be able to leave a mark that is signif- that, that's significant and can be easily traced back to you. So in that, in that process, I was able to find myself, um, my signature, and kind of hone the skills that I have until now. So yeah, this is, that's kind of my journey into fashion. Uh, yeah, until well, what year is it? 2021. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, um, I, I, to be honest, when I started, I didn't even, I, I didn't want to be, I've never dreamt of being in the fashion industry uh, because for me, uh, fashion was an underestimation of my intelligence um, when, because of the society that we grew up in. Um, you, we know that, I mean, I think fashion design or the fashion industry in total is still one of the most undermined um, yet misunderstood industries in Botswana. So you can imagine, because I think between the three, the four speak, the three, four speakers, between the three speakers, I'm the, I'm the older one who came, I think, um, at a time when it was worse than um, now. I mean, the fact that today we can hold a conversation in this regard of the different entities that, that's and fashion, true. it shows shows the many milestones that we've reached in fashion. So I never wanted to do this because I wanted to do, all I knew is I just wanted to be something, you know, to create a purpose out of my life and I wanted to be, but I've never had a dream career where I thought um, I want to be this. I just wanted to be respected as a person who, who loved having fun at the same time and dressing up and all sorts of things. So three years into my career after graduating, I decided to that I could not ignore the calling that I have for fashion because where it comes from, I come from a very, very fashionable family. Um, you know, when we are growing up, my mother could only afford um, certain things. You know, she could only afford... Um, she, you know, she was married, but a single parent at the same time. Um, so, you know, the, one of the things that she used to do, we used to, for every occasion we would go to, you know, we would be the ones that come in all dressed up with my sisters. I'm the, I'm a boy between two sisters and, uh, my mother loved fashion. Like I remember growing up when we were kids, when we were playing, we would open her trunk where she had the most fashionable clothes, uh, from when she was young you know, to a point where I sit back and say, if only we knew what we know today, I think we would have, I would have come from a fashion empire family. And, um, you know, after graduating, I mean, after leaving the corporate world, I then joined a magazine. Um, I remember that time I had wanted to take a, 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 a visa, a working holiday visa to go to London because there was what they called a holiday working visa. And just when I was quitting, then the world was hit with recession and people were returning, people were losing jobs. And fortunately, this job then presented itself, a, a magazine called Flair that offered me a job as a marketer, 
And I then offered my services to say, I would like to be, you know, your fashion editor and you don't have to pay me for it. So through the process, I met a lot of people in the industry, you know, from makeup artists to model to I almost made the mistake to say to modelers, but I wanted to say to you know <laughs> models and uh, <laughs> uh, models and uh, fashion designers. But there was you know there was one particular one who I created it, who I had a rapport with, which was Mpokuaho. And uh, I remember when I had had enough of um, you know when the the magazine was was now coming to an end. Um, you know, as usual, being coming to an end because of the challenges that we face in the industry that, you know, the fashion industry in Botswana. I then, you know, went to Mpokuwa and said, listen, you have a great product and I think I'd like to handle the business side of your business because I feel like you've got an amazing product, but it's you're not putting it out there or you're not following, you know, maybe current, um, you know, you know, current um, uh, platforms that should put your your work out there and uh, we agreed I got into it but I remember a month into it she said she couldn't afford to keep me anymore and uh, out of frustration I I still I, I you know I it was either I quit and go back to look for a job or I continue and um, I went back and uh, three years down the line I was still I was now waking for I said to her you don't have to pay me but I'm going to stay so in between the times that I was learning the business side of fashion I didn't know that it was actually ushering me into now having an interest in learning a, a bit of skill um, regarding fashion. You know, I found myself, you know, and when it comes to the business of fashion, it, it involves quite a number of things. It involves you developing a relationship with fabrics, you know, just being able to walk into a store. Buying a fabric is not as easy as a client saying to you, you know, which is something that I don't do in my in my business because it is a process that, you know, you want to develop a relationship, go back, come back and 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 be sure of the fabric that you want to take. So those are the invaluable lessons that I learned in the time that I was with them, Paul, uh, as, you know, as an, um, an informal intern, because it was never planned for me to have stayed that long. And I remember one particular time where I just said, listen, I think I want to learn. And she threw the books at me and said, go ahead and learn, you know, this, 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 that. But that time, because when you get into fashion at that level or at that space where you are, um, how, how, you know, at, at, at the industry level, you then, you know, she gave me what she felt was needed or what I needed to learn for me to go by. And it was very great. I learned so much. But the one thing that I learned mostly was the business of fashion. You know, it, and three years afterwards, I went on my own. I, learned, I launched Isaura in 2015. And through that process, you know, in that time, I, I, you know, there was poor. I mean, there was, there was me now launching and maybe being with limited knowledge because I only knew this much, um, you know, that I had learned in that short space. And then, you know, my inquisitive mind still said, you know, this is how you're going to do it. But I never stopped learning. I, 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 I continued to learn. There were so many accolades that came along the way, which would have said to me, you don't even need to uh, learn anymore. You know, if you were if you've been able to achieve, um, you know, being able to have your dresses displayed at at Macy's, being able to showcase at the Buckingham Palace, this, this, that. I could have just said, I'm going to stop here. I don't need to learn. But I there was the there was a challenge that I faced because there's a lot of, um, and a, a problem that exists in the industry is that a lot of graduates in the fashion industry, everybody 
then opens their own business, which means skills. There's a there's you know there's a lack of skill, um, um, you know professional skills uh, development within the industry. You end up working with who with the foreigners. So it's mostly the foreigners, the foreigners, especially men that offer their services to Botswana. You know, which is something that I would like us to discuss as well later on, where we now, which is something that kills the industry because then it means, you know, you know, there's, there's, a, like I said, there's this challenge of the fact that the develop the, the the industry doesn't develop. You know, there's so many things that the schools don't teach you, which I think are very important for you to go and learn uh, by working. Uh, don't rush to uh, to to want to open your own business because there's just so much that you need to learn. Um, that you will never be taught in school. So, I mean, the process is long, but um, I am here. What I am here today, um, throughout the years, I have never stopped, I think, learning. I, I, this is why then, you know, and I remember at one point somebody saying to me, um, you wasted four years of studying, you know, political science and everything, and, and, you know, public administration. And I said, it's interesting because we are here. We, I am, I found who I am in the industry as a designer. Um, in the sense that I would like, uh, you know, which is why I then um, came, you know, the the, 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 what I call your name, you know, um, I spoke about Alien called uh, uh, Transformation Fashion came from, you know, which is the dif- diplomatic side of, 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 of the industry, that there is a purpose to fashion, you know, fashion is not just about opulence and, uh, and just dressing up, there's a responsibility. And there's just so many things that we can discuss, it could take us the whole day. But you know, I wish that we have another opportunity to come back. And you know, when we speak of things like sustainability, which is a conversation that everybody in the in, in whether it's from um, development level, whether it's from fashion, whether it's from everybody's now speaking um, sustainability. How can we? How can we um, exist uh, without depleting or without hurting the environment? So that's that's how that's that's a transformation that I've gone through as a designer over the years. Cool. Now, guys, it's it's interesting because fashion, I think, similar to a lot of the creative um, industries, mobile one, internationally. It looks glamorous. Internationally, it looks like there's a ton of money. But somehow, it doesn't, it tends not to work as well as we hoped. I think nearly everyone um, here has touched on, um, I, I can't remember Kapegi, but I know definitely the other guys spoke about one sort of almost being self-taught. And then two, you mm-hmm. also have a scenario where um, it, it, you've 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 talked about sustainability on the financial side, where you know Ganyo still works. Um, you know, people have to do two different, mm-hmm. three or four different things to 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 be able. What's 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 wrong? Why aren't we Mobotswana able to sort of um, just properly catch the fire and have a proper functioning ecosystem and economy? I'm gonna go to Peggy and especially her because. She had said you had started modeling schools. You were you were in the. Involved looking at the biz, at the industry at a macro scale and then spearheading it down to a micro scale. And there were so many things that I've realized actually hinder us. And I think I've had this conversation with Mutusi before. And I know he touched about 
um, the the gentlemen who help us who are from abroad. I like I like to well in my research I I, I called that part of the industry the grey market because one it's unregulated, two um, it's it's a part of the industry where there's a lot there's very little skills transfer and most of the skills that you transfer there are not really formal formal skills that you can say you could got you got at in training most of them as well funny enough and other people don't know are self-taught so they tend to take a lot of shortcuts with certain things if we're talking now we're getting to the technical aspect of it and that is the product thinking product development and such but another thing i've noticed is that our industry is kind of flat in that it there's no growth vertically in the chain there's no producers for us the designers and there's no distributors for us the designers so it's kind of just operating on a single level where as a designer me i am kanyo I don't have where I get my material, but even if I do find a way to get material, there's no way I can take my products. And you, you mean but, you mean you mean you mean if you wanted to do mass, like if you really wanted yes. to get yes, it yes, if I want everywhere, if I really everywhere. want, yes, um, because in as much as we we never tend to think of mass as fashion, but it is. Um, there, there's so many complexities there, um, and then I realized that. In the whole continent, it seems to be the same cry. It's not just the Botswana cry. Um, there's a lot of complexities within the fashion industry in the whole continent. And it's going to take a lot of work for us to actually kind of overcome those complexities. And I think that's one of the things, and that's kind of the things that's kind of influenced the direction in which I want to take my business now we're talking five-year, 10-year growth into the future. Um, there is a lot of work. There is a lot of work. At first, I, I had told myself, Hore, I'm just going to be operating as a designer. I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to um, be implicated into the nitty-gritties of everything else. But once you realize that for you to actually kind of be successful in this, you'll have to kind of play your part as well. You have to, you, there's no choice at this point. You have to play your part. There's something that you have to offer and you kind of have to leave your mark for the people that are going to come after you. And yeah, this is, this is a conversation we've had before. And, and I think, let me just touch on this. The root of the problem usually lies in the fact that people or, gen, or the general consensus is that people don't take this industry as seriously as they should. Um, people look down on it. People don't realize the, the money-making capabilities that it has um, in growing the economy and diversifying the economy as well and in growing other sectors of the economy because what people don't realize is that the fashion industry is interconnected to so many other parts of the economy more than we realize. And it's, you know, it's the one thing that I think I've given myself, Hela, the, the mission. We're going to go out there. We're going to try and um, leave a mark and make it better for someone who's going to come after me. So that's just where it is. So, so something that 
you you've sort of spoke to that I I never quite thought of, but I guess when you are the designer, so to give like an analogy to my neighbor music, when you're sort of the designer, you're like the artist. But hala artist, you can go into studio create the song, but the song needs to somehow get onto the radios. It somehow needs to get into the shops. It needs to somehow, um, you know, have in the CD what what what, and therefore there's, yes. there's a need for that whole. Um, value chain to be created. It, it, you could you could create some really dope stuff, but how low all one? But if if you can't get ten thousand of those made and then distributed across the world, then there's very little you can do. Is that is that a good that, way of looking at it? That's very true. That is actually a very good way of looking at it because essentially, for for there to be a a ripple effect, there has to be a platform that you had platforms that maybe you can decide, Hore, I'm going to be part of this platform, part of that platform, that are going to carry your ethos to another place or to another part of the world, you know? And that's how the fashion industries in the northern parts of the world grew because they had those platforms that they were able to, one, the governments were able to protect um, their trademarks, their skills, and um, many other things that come within that industry. So, and they were able to preserve those for people in those industries that they operate in. So when you look, when, when, when you look at that, because we're always, because even I, from a young age, I looked at those industries and I was just like, oh my goodness, it's so easy for them to do this. But then you need to go back. And when you go back to this side, you realize that, we still have to lay the foundation for so many things to happen. And for that to happen, everybody kind of has to leave their mark. You can't just do things alone and expect there to be any change. But also you have to take responsibility as well. And this can mean um, um, controlling the way in which people view what you do and um, teaching them how to perceive your work and how to receive it. I've come to realize that's something that we need to be able to do. And yeah, we there's just a lot. Right now, if I was to just summarize it, there's just so many things that need to be done. And like Mutisi said, we could stay here all night and just list all of them because there's just so much. Mutisi, you mentioned having some of your stuff um, being displayed Global Buckingham Palace and even having some of your stuff Global Macy's. So have you, have you mm. been able to figure out uh, an infrastructure of getting, I mean, I'm assuming for you to get them into Macy's, you, did, you didn't give them two or three pieces. You must have given, um, was it a bulk order? No. Um, no, no, no. It's one of those. It's one of those. I think it's one of those uh, <laughs> I don't even. It's one of those things that excite a lot, excite a lot of youth, a lot of people that want to join the industry for the wrong reasons. Uh, and I say that because I think somebody looks at that and they think, "Oh, I would like to join the industry because I saw Mutisi's dress at Macy's." But let me tell you, yeah, you know, yeah, with the current true. structures that we have, or in terms of where the, this, the industry is, um, that does not translate into money. For as long as um, you know, you are not you are able to you are not able to uh, cross certain um, or you don't have certain supporting structures from your own industry. But what I wanted to say, I'll get, I'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll end with it. But what I wanted to just say, I, you know, 
um you know to to go go cap you know i just wanted to say also i think it's very very important for all of us to teach ourselves um a lot about this industry i think it's important for designers to teach themselves about this industry i think a lot not just designers i think from a makeup um from a makeup artist to 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 research is very important when you get into this and i didn't realize how important it was until many years later you know i never realized that as i was learning i was you know i i i i researched you know it came by default it wasn't because i was lo- i i got out to say i'm researching one the industry is clustered and it's clustered because um one if you know it's clustered in one area you know the fashion industry has got different components to it but we choose to want to be uh, serving from one angle of the industry if i sit down and tell you i mean if i'm i mean i'm lying down but as i'm lying down you know thinking about this one there's no Botswana in Botswana that owns a haberdashery um business or or fabric stores there's no Botswana that manufactures anything and this is these are you know disabilities that i find as i that we find as we come in you know because everybody and if we if 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 you had if you make your research before you get inside you would realize that there's so many gaps or loopholes that need to be addressed there's so many reasons why some people have left the industry you know people are waking up people that got in because they were excited because they felt it was fashionable to be a fashion designer have now started dropping out because reality is hitting and um you know and it's and 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 i see no reason for them to have done so had we then also seen uh that there are so many branches that we can get to into like i said like anya said um you know nobody you know some buttons are made from 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 cow horns nobody even does that yet botswana is a country that celebrates uh it's the beef industry you know just you know from from an angle of saying let us research as botswana or all these 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 um you know luxurious brands that rela- that want leather um how can we process how can we um rua our our cattle in a way that we we are we rua in a way that they are conducive to be able to supply Louis Vuitton with the leather that they need to create um you know um the other thing that is important is that i think government also needs to educate themselves you know government and private parasitas and private companies need to invest in their knowledge of the industry you know um currently everyone thinks they're supporting the industry when they are disabling it just from uh, i'll give one simple example procurement areas you know procurement uh, processes you get companies that send out to say um uh, we would expression of interest send in your designs do it, do this and that that on its own is wrong in every way because the minute you ask me to submit my fabric swatches my 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 ideas on what i think your uniform or your celebratory uh uniform to go to the olympics should be and bid for that um you 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 have had access to my intellectual property and i have seen it before with other people and when you when you when you when you as an sme or you are a designer who is young and you are saying i would like for you to sign the documents that you know that protect my work from not being used in the case that you don't take my work then orata dilo 
Do you understand me? So there's just so many things um, we need to. And I think for as long as also we allow ourselves to be used in the process where because you and you are desperate to be able to have your work seen uh, and seen at the Olympics, the, the team that went uh, when you did not procure the work right and when you didn't even price things right, you know, um, then we're creating a loophole. The problem is also there is no regulatory measures that have been put in the system where we could be saying one, two, three. Now, the problem also is when we say we would like regulatory measures or processes put in place to be able to, 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 to grow the industry, is that the problem is that the government wants to become a service provider of that. And that is where things become a problem because that's why things don't grow and we become stagnant because we're moving around the same cycle. You know, so it's it's sad, you know, and, and the reason why I said just as makeup artists, you know, even as a makeup artist, I always say Botswana is a hub of talent that should be able to understand that we are not enough to, to create a market out of ourselves only. You know, you are capable as a designer to be able to do mass produce. And uh, they are systems in place that we are actually not using as Botswana um, or to be able to, um, you know, take the processes or be able to have our products outside the country. You know, you know, there's things like Agoa. I don't know if it's because we're not researching or it's because the knowledge, the, the knowledge is also not out there enough. Uh, but this free trade, free trade Africa, you know, there are so many things. If you are inquisitive and you want to learn and you have seen and you want to grow the industry and, and you are interested in mass producing and whatever, you should know by now that out of the, you know, the population that we have, we're not enough to be able to all create and then sell to ourselves, especially that we see that everybody is a designer. Everybody can do this. You know, my my advice is always to say, product differentiate. When you come into the market, what is the reason for me to come to you uh, instead of staying with an existing designer? Is it because you are cheaper uh, that people should come to you? Or is it because you are offering something that is different to the next person? You know, that's those are the sort of things that you sometimes need to sit down and research on. And you will find that um, you, you, you somehow make, make your mark without uh, doing, uh, without hurting or, you know, losing a lot of um, losing in the, in the game, you know? Okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to you guys because Kanyo, I remember I've seen him Nakongabwea about um, going into SA and trying to find infrastructure and all of that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. And I, and I want to go to the ladies who are the makeup artists and say, um, you know, I guess there's a, there's a problem in that space where, you know, there probably isn't enough market for like of things like celebrities and all of that um, for, for you as an individual um, as an individual makeup artist to get so much work that it is maybe, I don't know if sustainable is the correct word, or it can be a way you can eventually get rich, rich yourself. Um, but I guess we've seen um, the blueprint, where makeup is still quite big if you just sort of move into um, sort of the, the, the production side of things in the market. Is that something... Um, you guys are looking at and, you know, what would it take for, you know, f for that kind of business to be able to take off Mobotswana where, you know, you you're producing and supplying that stuff yourself? 
Okay, so firstly, um, I really agree with everything Bokani have said. Um, I've actually tried to go into mass production. I actually, um, Ganyo was meant to be one of my designers for my mass production. And it's a, it's very unfortunate that um, um, TC mentioned many platforms that you could go through to actually mass produce. And although they are there, um, unfortunately, people just don't understand them. And it goes back to government. We have so many people in in these spaces who have to review our businesses and our business models, and they have no clue of what you are talking about or what you are trying to sell. The first time I applied for YDF, I applied for my online business, which was meant to be an online selling platform for makeup and and fashion because I've actually wanted to have like a mass producing fashion line for as long as I can remember and I went in I had all the designers that I actually I actually said I'm going to all the designs that will be sold on that platform are only going to be from Botswana and I wanted a situation where um, of course like you will get into like a Woolworths or a legit or a Mr. Price and you'll see that underneath that it's a Mr. Price thing, but it is designed by a, a particular person. So I went in and I said, I want to do this for us because I believe in us. And Botswana have always been brilliant in playing. And everyone who's listening knows this. When we started being Moors, South African girls could not touch us. When Bo Uyapo and Botsholo, Dikobe, Brilliant, when they became content creators, none of the SA girls could ever touch them. They were invited to these events because they were so brilliant because we didn't have, South Africans didn't have that. But immediately when South Africans started catching up on all of us, when Botswana women have had YouTube channels long before South Africans even started uh, monetizing YouTube, and we have always been ahead of Southern Africa when it comes to creativity and everything that is creative. It's only that we don't have the population one. And also our government does not um, protect us. Um, in South Africa, when you want to do a production, for example, you, they will state that for you to shoot here or whatever, you have to have X amount of whatever. If we wanted to also have that in Botswana, we could easily say to your Mesa Prize and your Woolworths, which have been here for like too many years, for us as creatives to not be benefiting from them. We could easily have um, policies that state that for you to be here, you have to use X amount of creatives. Why can't um, the marketing be based in Botswana? Why and that is an entire ecosystem. It goes from agency to production, to makeup, to fashion, to wardrobe, to design, to everything. And that ecosystem could easily, like all of us could easily have a pie on this, like a piece of pie on this huge, huge pie. But our government is okay with letting South Africans sort of exploit us. And then when it comes to actually going in and pre producing personally, and I'll say this, because it's a personal thing, I will not put a name on anything that I do not believe in, especially when it comes to, as a makeup artist, over the years, I've learned everything that goes into, into, into makeup. I mean, every ingredient that goes into makeup, and I will tell you that this is great for you, this is not great for you, this is what. And you find that um, it's only now that we are only getting to get complexion, yeah, black people. 
And I would never want to produce anything that does not serve a black person and especially a black person in Africa. So for everything that I'm going to touch when it comes to makeup or skincare, which will happen in, in, a, in a couple of years, once I've identified everything that I want, um, which is mostly like a supplier that I trust to have the um, black interest at heart, that's when I'll go into makeup production. When it comes to fashion, Mutusi and Ganyu were talking about sourcing. When I wanted to, which will happen by God's grace, I don't know when, it could be in 20 years or whatever. I went to China and I went to the fabric market and I chose every single fabric that was going to go into my fashion line. Every single fa um, fabric. And what I needed was a seed loan, a YDF loan to say, okay, go ahead and mass produce and create um, what we call now fast fashion. But we were not, there's no support for that. And I had samples, I had everything. And I said, this is what we want to have. And look at your pretty little girl, um, pretty little girls. You look at your boho, you look at um, Sheen, which is um, fairly new now. And all these are doing greatly well because everyone loves fast fashion. And unfortunately, um, our government will just not go into... Um, being there for us as creatives and supporting it because they don't understand the business of being a creative. They don't think that it's lucrative. And I want everybody who's into fashion or lifestyle to go and study um, um, Korea and see what the Korean government has done for the um, Korean creatives, um, starting from K-pop, K-drama and K-fashion and now K-beauty and see that South Korea is actually putting money into marketing all the products that come out of the country. I hope that answers it. It was a lot, but I hope it answers you. It, 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 it does. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so amazing that all of these issues really are the same issues that when you get to sport, they're the same issue when you get to, to sort of music and all of that. Is this, are we, are you guys represented in the Arts Council? Is this something that you guys are going to get covered under the Arts Council? Do you yourself have a grouping? Um, I mean, now I'm, I, I'm in the tech space. And one thing that I've been advocating for, even though I haven't moved it, is to say, as, 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 as people in the tech space, we've got the exact same problems you guys have. And I've been wanting to say to the, to the different players, let's have like, like an organization. Um, for some of these things to ensure that some of these things are happening to close borders where you can to go back in the procurement process da, 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 da. is that something that you guys are actively working on you know what i think is important i mean um definitely i mean right now you know the arts council has just been put up and we're hoping that it will um push um you know some of the people that are in there have had the same cry that we've had but i hope I, and i hope Corey, it will it will bring the change that we're hoping for now the one thing that i wanted to also raise is that we i think we we also lack um in collaborative efforts as the creative space i think it's very important for us now one because we already know the problems that we are facing and i really never want to bring government in a lot of it because I, we've seen that, um, you know, where it begins and where it ends. And I think they know, you know, you know, they will only allow where they, you know, 
where they where, where they what they know it's difficult sometimes to try and convince somebody to understand um something that they have no understanding of that's why it becomes difficult for you to say you know and um unfortunately we don't have um like you're saying we don't have mass production let's say we don't have maybe mass production uh, manufacturing facilities in botswana and and the sad part is that we do have capability of that being done the one th- like right now i'm just sitting down and i'm like not you know people don't even know and i don't even know if it's wrong or right but one of the things that i do is you know creating technical pet you know i'm a, I'm a technical pattern maker i literally know how to i create you know um, for mass productions or for defectory that's where i'm able to create patterns and do whatever and, and you know um for them to be able to mass produce but what is interesting is sorry that, if it, who, uh, who do you do that who do you do that for currently kind of do you, do you do that for, yeah for, so what i say is that some i've worked for i've worked with uh, some of designers here in botswana they have maybe were awarded tenders and uh would say you know you know help me here you know people that maybe knew that's like i don't know if it's one we're not collaborating or we're not sharing the the, the, the information enough because it's not everyone maybe that knows that they I, I can work with them in that in that way but um you know like currently i was just working with somebody who was doing work for the uh for the dubai expo they were creating some of the work for the dubai expo and because we awarded this tender but i was creating you know what i was doing working with them um um as a you know a a pattern maker which is a a skill that is very 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 uh, vital when it comes to the industry in, in in the fashion industry which is what you know there's somebody that sits and creates patterns at the Louis Vuitton house you know and when we say create patterns we're saying now being able to know that if i create something uh, and it's called a size 36 it is what is called you know it is it's you don't even need to you will come and get it in it's a size 36 which is a system that they use in the retail store and all sorts of things so i think it's also very important for us to start acknowledging or being able to equip ourselves with that uh type of skill to be able to um to be able to 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 to, to you know to find ways of you know, of of improving or growing the industry where Kilimutwisi, I can become, um, you know, an a, an in-house kinskenaliza ura ili my own business. I can still help or be able to charge for a service for Kanyo to be able to do mass production, uh, of of you know of creating technical patterns for him. So I think we need to move away because we realize we're still it's going to be a long time before people really understand our industry uh i mean the fact that even industries countries where they have we think have been ahead of the game for a while are still struggling uh it means runa is going to take a million a million more years for them to really understand things properly so i i think that we need to kick the ball um as ourselves you know, let's say, but help me with this so that I can be able to work with you through this. I never know where to start the conversation with people um, in terms of collaborating to say, you know, because you just don't know if people are open for it or, you know, so so I think that's where we need to sometimes push aside the government and say, oh, maybe 
then maybe let's sit down and say who is good, you know, as as designers or as people, you know, with uh, designers with technical ability. We all know maybe I'm good with this or I'm not good with that. And um, I'm good with maybe the, uh, the, the creative direction. And somebody says I'm good with the technical side of things. And this one says I'm good with um, with maybe the production. They love, I, I mean, they love to sit on the machine. I used to hate sitting on the machine because I just felt that is none of my business. But at one point, I realized, you know, this, you know, that I had lost what, you know, I lost what the touch of what I got in the industry for. I wanted to give a certain quality of work. But because, you know, you become a one-man mission, you become the messenger, you become the designer, you become the accountant, you find that then you hand your business to people to do work. And then when you sit down, this is why then people say, quality there's no good quality that comes out of Botswana it is there I think for as long as we are able to come together and work as a team then we each and focus on the areas that we are best with then you'll be able to realize what ah this this the the, the quality that we want is actually um, it's, it's available you know yeah, um last week we we had the, the we had the t-shirt gate and when when there was all that demand for for the t-shirt which everybody wanted you know and Kanye then came back and said well guys we'll only do 15 um it didn't actually occur to me that was probably because of a limitation yeah to be able to produce um 100 200 of those t-shirts Absolutely. but Kanye yes. we we had yes. a we had a I've seen somewhere where I think you, you spent some time in SA in trying to plug into that system. What did what did you learn? And is that something that we need to be looking at? The same way as in Romana Romana as musicians and stuff, or we can't seem to get into the music. Uh, the same way that Narcomana writers can't get into exclusive books. Is uh, have we figured out how that can work in trying to plug into SA it... to compete with the luxury cultures of the world and all of that other nonsense? It's, it's, well, my trip to SA came as a, it came as a, it was a prize I won. (laughs) It was a prize I won for being best newcomer at Fashion Without Borders. That was in 2019. Um, The t-shirt in question that everybody seemed to love was from that collection, from 2019, my 2019 resort collection. It was, the, the buyers from Mr. Price were there at the show. They loved it. They raved about it, and they selected me to be part of the fashion buying and merchandising traineeship at Mr. Price, um, Mr. Price Group. That is in Durban. Um, I went there thinking it was going to be one of those things, but I think that experience in that experience in itself taught me so much, and um, I managed to get as much as I could out of it. Uh, you know, and then you realize, you, it, it kind of made your, the problems that you had or the problems you thought you had, it made them kind of so minuscule. And you're just like, there's so much that we can, there's still so much opportunity in our country. We just have not been seeing it. Because when we came in there, they, they showed us the process of creating, of how they create all the clothes they have in their stores, all the way from research 
down to distribution across the continent. It's such an intricate system that is so timely and so efficient, which they built over so many years. I mean, people tend to underestimate Mr. Price because they think it's cheap fashion, but what they don't realize is that they move so much value in a day. Um, in one season, for example, they spend at least so many millions acquiring stock for one season. Um, one season, I'm talking either spring, summer, or fall, winter. And in that, most of these decisions, most of these decisions to carry stock for this year's summer were made probably two years prior. So what you, what that T-shirt you're gonna buy now was decided two years before you before you you even knew that you wanted a T-shirt like that. Um, that's because there's so many processes within the fashion industry that most people here have not been acquainted with. Some will never even know about them, but that's just how big the industry is. It's so big that as a fashion designer and you've studied fashion, there's so many places you can slot yourself in. You could become a pattern maker, like Mutusi was saying, which worldwide pattern makers are the most sought after people because there's a lack of people with that trade all over the world. Um, fashion houses all over the world are, pe are looking people become mass pattern makers for their ateliers and fashion houses because there's a very there's a very few catchment of people who are able to provide that skill. Um, you're talking now, when you're talking, when we go into the business end of it, now we're not talking fashion merchandisers, fashion buyers, um, sourcing people who are sourcing. You have people who do just, you have people who just do only fashion research and sample making and creating new designs. And then you have the graphic designers who only produce prints, who only produce um, the technical specs, even into the legal aspect of it. There's a legal aspect in the fashion industry that people don't know about. And these people are charged with the legal and compliance of clothing. But, um, there's standards to this, all the way down from the fabric that you're using, the dyes used to create the colors in that fabric, all the way down to how they will treat the person who's wearing it. Because there's so many standards that need to be adhered to within the fashion industry. And you can be sued if you don't follow those standards. Unfortunately, if you come to Botswana, you will never see anyone adhering to those standards. We have a Bob's Bureau of Standards who published an ISO for the textile industry in this country, but no one seems to care about it. We have fabric people who sell fabric within this country. Some of that fabric is rejects, and you got to ask yourself why it was rejected, because some of them, the dyes, the thing are not, are not, um, are not compliant with um, human use. So they were rejected by the people who made them the first time. I'm not saying all of the fabric that we buy is rejected. I'm just saying that that the standard is not monitored to a level where we ensure that everything that comes in or is imported is for consumption or is readily or is um getting bullying what thing is 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 good enough to be consumed by the people of that country but with my experience in south africa um I had a talk with them and we spoke much about the fashion industry in Botswana and just how much growth there needs to be. And the one thing that came up was the fact that 
they themselves in South Africa as well are looking for people to produce for them on a mass scale because most of the production that they do is sourced from China, Vietnam, Thailand, Japan, the Philippines. Um, and some of it, some of it in Madagascar, not Madagascar, and some of it in Mozambique, some of it in Mauritius and other parts of the continent. But majority of it is done in Asia. But then at this point in the world, you can't really compete with Asia because Asia is like this giant. It's, it's the giant. It, 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 it has managed to become the hub of fashion for the entire world, not just the cheaper or the value labels, but also the luxury brand labels, because that's where most of everybody does their production, their sourcing. It, it's, it's, it, and it would be very hard to knock. Is they don't have authentic ideas because most of the things that they do are just copies of what's if you look at it, China is not really producing anything. Um, this is um, Chinese authenticity, apart from culture, for example. Obviously, in terms of fitting, in terms of design aesthetics, they do and what they produce for mass market is something that's already been done by other designers in the world. So as a, as a small scale fashion designer in Botswana, somebody who's will, who wants to get into the industry is that there's so many avenues for you to go. You don't have to own a business. There's so many things that you can do within the industry that you don't realize are actually skills that are most sought after. And you could just place yourself there specialize in that and trust me you would really do so well because you know the world is your oyster as they always say peggy i'm gonna bring you in on you said currently in your current life you're also you know you're sort of in jewelry making and accessories and it sort of also speaks to business development what have you learned there as well that you think really could be um, transformational to the economy, well, not to the economy, but basically to the industry, yeah, yeah, fashion that maybe, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not seeing or Botswana necessarily taking advantage of. Um, okay. Um, from my experience with working with jewelry, um, I think it is very interesting to finally get to see how jewelry is made literally from scratch, seeing it not being melted and like you know shouldered and then finally having that finished product with like diamonds and everything and um yeah fashion is very broad and jewelry is also a great part of fashion because it, it complements um a whole look so um i mean i can't really speak much for jewelry makers here in the country who let me say work um designer pieces um but from my end i think um it's a great opportunity it's a great business opportunity i think if we would be able to do enough research to 
tap into that market and see how, as an individual Motswana, how could you be able to um, run your own factory and actually manufacture your own jewelry. And I think I've met one lady who does that. Um, I'm not sure if it's in Pique or Palape, but um, she, I think she, she won um, a competition that's run by De Beers, I think, where you have um, jewelry designers coming in with creative um, designs and pieces and they compete with other African countries and European and American as well. And we've had a couple of winners here in Botswana who would get sponsorship to, let's say, maybe go to Italy and get to go to a, a, design, a designing school where they would get more experience and exposure in that type of industry. So I think it's a great opportunity for us here. It's just a matter of getting to research and getting to know and asking around and trying to expose yourself to um, a lot of stuff and not just waiting to maybe hear um, DBS saying, okay, this year now we're starting our competition again. And looking at the fact that we've had COVID for like the past two years, I think most of us have had to take it upon ourselves to find means and ways of surviving. And I think when it comes to jewelry, it's not just about... Um, making from scratch i mean we have products that we can buy online and sell and i've got an, an opportunity to work with a drop shipping company that helps you to buy stuff online so you have opportunities of getting to customize products and working on designs and then having them come um and then you getting to sell your own branded products and yeah i think it's been a great experience and I've learned a lot. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, guys, it's, it's, it's been 90 minutes, funny enough, that we've been talking. Um, so I'm going to now start to invite um, anybody who wants to ask um, questions or to give or to, to give comments or to give their experiences um, to, to, to send me speaker um send me speaker requests and then I will I will I will I will, I will, I will get that I'm seeing button now let's see if let's hope she's able to get on um but though you can um ask your question as soon as you're good um but I think I think you can start your question and let's carry on. The people will find us as, as we're moving. Okay. I'm sorry. I feel like I crashed your space. Everything was going so well until I joined. Um, but the question I wanted to ask, Mutusi um, touched on it earlier, but not in great detail. Um, currently, globally, there's this conversation of sustainable fashion. So in terms of labor and environment um is this a conversation that's alive mobile and is it even relevant to the local market um so i'm asking this because i work in the field of sustainability and environment so i'm quite curious and then the second question was how is the second-hand market affecting you if it's affecting you at all um specifically um, like the markets, did you go BBS and your imported secondhand markets? So yeah, those are my two questions. It's 
Is that mine? Um, um, before before Mutusa first... Araba. Yeah. Sorry, before Mutusa Araba, guys, like I said, um, send a speaker request if you want to, um, if you want to ask, um, if you want to ask any questions. Otherwise, yeah, let's carry on. You guys can carry on with with answering that. Okay, but anyway, um, first, it's, it's, I'm 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 very happy to hear that there is um that you are in the space or you know you 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 are having a conversation of sustainability um the 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 conversation of sustainability is still very foreign in Botswana it does exist um and it exists the reason why I say it exists is because you and I here are having a conversation but like I said when you have a conversation with sometimes when you have a conversation with people that don't understand um a certain language it becomes maybe difficult to penetrate but like i said one of the things that i advocate for um which i call transformational fashion it's about advocating for it's about advocating for um sustainable practices and ethical uh, practices now the reason why i came up with this thing called ethical i mean um, transformational fashion is because when i started this journey of sustainability or when the let me rather say when the when the the word sustainability became fashionable, um, I then realized that there is no solution to you know it's flaunted to a lot of developing countries or country um, countries that still don't understand it as much as uh, countries like Botswana that are still developing, and um, I then said you know through my process or my advocacy I would like to find. Uh, solutions to this and this is where then i embarked on a journey of saying i would like us to acknowledge and uh, commercialize um indigenous art at you know art forms that exist in botswana now when you speak about um when you you know and okay before i even say when you speak of and when i say that it's being it's the one the one word that i always advocate for is authenticity you know, and it's wanted, it's a word that I wanted to maybe throw out as a challenge to the creatives in the house to say, one of also the reasons why it's sometimes uh, like we're lacking um, on the spotlight or in the, in, 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 um, in a space where it could monetize our creativity is because I think also we have not been able to, um, package and commercialize and when i say commercialize i mean where it you know package what could bring in the big money into our art forms and the word that is lacking is the authentic authenticity of it now there's so many art forms that i feel botswana has ignored um that could actually be you know what brings in um the the the, the interest of uh the fashion eyes to diverted to botswana if we're going to be thinking we will we will make it uh, by re re repeating or by, uh, you know, by, by just uh, taking what exists and trying to reproduce it uh, for the world to see. Um, we still also have a long way because then the, what the world is looking for, everybody's always looking for something new to the industry to see what could be brought. You know, the one, one something that I always say to, like when we travel Botswana, I've had the privilege of traveling Botswana through the government of Botswana where we mentor young designers. And I get a young designers, I'm not just talking young in age, but I mean people that are, you know, you know, you know that are still trying to 
go up the ranks in the industry. The one thing that I always say when I walk into a space like a Kasani or in my womb, it's I don't expect that somebody within your area should be producing or should be doing uh, what somebody else in Khaburoni is doing or in Ozo and anywhere else. Now, we need to, there's a lot of unlearning that we need to do as Botswana. And while we are, you know, as we are learning those processes, it's now where we are able to pick, um, you know, like I said, our own traits, our own um, um, identity. We don't have an identity as yet in terms of what Botswana, of what we want to sell um, out there as Botswana in terms of maybe the prints, maybe the fabrics, maybe the everything else. We have things like, um, you know, Botswana, you know, you know, like I said, one of the process, one of the projects that I'm working on is Botswana. You know, cow dung makes um, um, dye, and that is a sustainable product. That if right now you were able to commercialize it and um, you know package it in a way that it could uh, it could be sold at uh, global and compete at global level, we would be in a position um, where we could get our recognition as as artists or as designers within the industry. Now, that's where my, when I want the government to be involved. Now for me, the involvement of that government is where it's, it's in that process, not where the government wants to, create, to grow the industry by buying the machines, buying machines and, 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 and taking, and you know, small little things that we think are growing, but it's in, in my own eyes, believing that it's disabling the industry. So, sustainability is there you know it's it's not even far from us and i think that's where we need to come together and be able to you know um, 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 um you know you know use what we have locally uh and and sell ourselves or make a be or sell and be and show as our identity as botswana in what in in sustainability there's also what we call ethical fashion now when you speak about um the 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 bales that come to that are dumped in Botswana that have created you know it's a win lose situation they've created work for some while they've they're actually killing the industry there's no regulatory uh, measures that are put in because there's also lack of understanding you know there's no trade laws that are put in place there's no whatever if we had sound trade laws that 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 understand our industry I think they would understand that. Um, you know, we need to put measures in place that control that part of the industry. But, um, you know, it's interesting because I'm also interested in seeing how we could upscale or recycle the, 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 the because not everything gets sold. And before you know it, they would have clocked our drainage systems. They would have, because, yeah, they don't come here new. Eventually, they've already, you know, they've already, uh, been used and their life cycle or lifespan is very short. So what do we then do? This is where we sit down and say, as a consequence of a developing country, we are aware that we are brought in that are maybe, um, you know, interfering with the system from, from, from a designer or the value chain, as we said. But what can we then do? So there is a huge potential of a conversation when it comes, uh, when it, in regards to sustainability. We just need to I don't know. I don't know if it's going to take somebody else coming from outside for them to understand. But like I say, 
it's always important for us to kick the ball and then people will join in when they now and when 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 you've when you've because when you're gonna if you are going to depend on starting the conversation uh, or starting the project your sustainability it's you then have a long way to go because it's 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 still french um when it comes to uh, the government of botswana but uh, do you have a follow-on question? Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to qualify um, my question on um, is the conversation of sustainable, the environmental sustainability of fashion happening more Botswana? I wanted to qualify it by saying, what does it look like? What would sus- environmentally sustainable fashion look like in Botswana? I get it globally, people are talking about smaller manufacturing um smaller scales of manufacturing, uh, using more environmentally friendly materials to create. So Ronakwan, yeah. the clothes that we're already making are already on such small scales um, and we're not yeah. really producing anything here. Well, we're not producing a lot here in terms of diving yeah. like, so what would it look like for Botswana? All right, that's so what what. I- what I don't want, which is, which is, you know, the one conversation that I have, you know, as I get to travel is, you know, how the world, the international world wants to view uh, Africa or Botswana, you know, being part of Africa. Uh, you know, there's an eye uh, that, the, you know, that the West wants to view Africa through in regards to sustainability. When you talk about sustainable uh, materials and products that are produced internationally, some of them you wouldn't even know um, that they are recycled or they were made from, um, you know, these, we're talking about things made from seaweed, we're talking about things made from whatever. And um, when it now comes to Africa, I think but the world wants to view Africa as a place of, um, you'd be doing um, crafts and arts. And I don't want that. I want us to be in a position where we, you know, that's why I said to you that if we're going to create, if we're going to embark on a journey of sustainability, I want it to be at a level where we're competing fairly because we're able to package what we have here. Uh, and and, and it's, it doesn't, it's cow dung. It should not come in a bucket uh, just to prove that it comes from Africa. Let us be in a position where we can package that, where we it's, 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 it's as ready as any other dye that is sold where it says add water or boil, whatever it is, you know, the same way. Now, that's exactly where I want to come from. Now, I want to just tell you that there's so many things here. Uh, one of the things is that I'll give an example of Mopani Kukun, uh, which people, a lot of people don't even know. It has been proven that Mopani Kukun is a hundred percent silk, and the reason why they know so is because they were then the research was made because a lot of Asian countries produce silk uh, that is also taken from uh, cocoons of insects, but that are much bigger uh, than that are much bigger than the little one that we have. So. For me, when we say, when we speak about sustainability and producing uh, sustainable, um, friendly materials, I think there is a, it, it has to come from now, um, you know, uh, technical skills where we are able to now produce it properly. That's, I don't know if I answer you, but that's, that's where, unfortunately, currently, they are, there was a group of ladies in Botswana, uh, mothers, mothers and sons or something, I think, um, or mothers and something, something. These are a group of, you know, a group of women, vulnerable, or um, I don't remember if it was a GBV project or HIV project, uh, but they were producing jewelry beautiful jewelry out of um, uh, paper 
you know, out of newspaper, you know, um, and you would you would think it's beads. And uh, when I when I when I when I went to showcase at the Buckingham Palace, I was paired with a designer from Swaziland who was producing material, who was producing work out of that. And um, she's this is a, a Western lady. She's a British who works with a group in Swaziland. When they recycle newspapers and they create beads out of it. Now that's that's the level that we want to get at is that are we just then going to produce and still be seen as a crafts uh, project or will we produce and also be acknowledged that we are competing at international level that's how when it when if when we're speaking sustainability for me that's where we need to be able to be to get in the process can we be able to take uh, these these materials that exist of put them through some sort of machinery and be able to create mat, uh, materials out of it or is going to look like a tired uh, patchwork um, that will not sit. That will not be sitting nicely at um, at uh, on the red carpet. You know, that's what I think sustainability for me is, and that's where I wish uh, when we're going to be speaking about sustainability, we 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 take the project to sustainability. Does not need to look ugly or does not look like it's recycled. Sustainability needs to look as fashionable as the most expensive fashion that exists anywhere in the world, and that is what can place Botswana at the international uh, platform in terms of what we can do as Botswana. You've said a lot. um, And, you know, some of the things that I think, I think they need a space, is, you know, just outside of the sustainability, you've talked about uh, authenticity, finding our own sort of voice, finding our own thing. I mean, if you look at an essay, the most successful um, South African designers they're specifically sort of in their culture pushing their culture um, and selling their culture to the world whether it be Matangu or, or Bumatosa those are the people and, and I think that's something that we need to learn as Botswana not just necessarily in fashion but across the creative sectors that we shouldn't like you were saying not trying to repeat what other people are doing or copy what other people are doing, but rather finding authenticity. Yeah, finding our own yes. voice, whether it be in music, yes. whether it be in 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 what, but finding our own thing that we offer, um, our little amat piano that we offer to, to 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 the rest of the world. And I think that's something that we're going to need to have a conversation on on another day, just about that. Make up, uh, <laughs> I wanted to really say this to, 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 to it's going to be a quick one to ball, let's say my end uh, earlier on. And I was just, and I wanted to just say, I dream of a time where then even makeup produced, you know, um, we are in a position where, because most of the time we fail or we are not able to penetrate the market because we are offering a service of in, 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 in service, in person uh, service. But I wish we could get to a space where then as, as, as a makeup artist, we get to a space where explore what what potentially could become a product that is lacking in the market and that's product sells in your absence i think that's when now when we speak about you know um commercializing or monetizing our projects as smes in botswana we need to get to that stage where you are able to say this was created out of um you know um, um and um and Litsoku, whatever just whatever that is authentic to just botswana and we do our research and and take the processes through Botswana Botswana Bureau of Standards and also that is when now I tell you that the conversation of what we can manufacture and shine to the world uh, will, will will now take it to the next level. 
And something something like that is important because it's something that doesn't compete on price, right? So you're no longer competing with like a cheapest what 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 what. You're you're selling a specific experience that people will pay for. Now, before we we I want us to sort of now start winding it down because Hobisi um, but I want us to sort of um, pick up a little of the bits and pieces that we've talked about um, and try to not find not find action items, but find things that we you know try to organize our thoughts um, and and we'll and then I'll get like each of the speakers to 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 you know give us a, a thought like so for me I'll I'll, I'll sort of put together what I've heard from you guys and then you guys can then sort of make it, you know, more beautiful than, than I could ever capture it. Currently, um, Mobotswana and in, in, in Africa, we, there's issues around African continental free trade agreement. Um, so the, our market is going to be able to grow and the whole population thing might honestly be a problem going forward. Um, when you're talking mass market, um, I think Mutusi um, spoke to Boagoa. You know, we've got BITC that are speaking about um, finding, um, you know, one international investor that could possibly come in, set up um, production facilities here. You've also got Botswana wanting to be an export-led economy. You've got the CEDAs, um, as, as Litsama mentioned earlier, the layers. Um, I, I think we've also got um, a next-door neighbor where there's, there's a lot that can be learned in terms of the value chain, like Ganyo said. Um, I think we need to find a thread there and opportunities there where um, we can possibly think about what the next steps need to be um, to prepare us um, as, a, as an industry to potentially take um, advantage and do certain things um to where we want to get it um in the maybe in the next ten five ten years um so you know I think I'll let with that sort of in mind I'll let um all the different speakers sort of um you know have last sort of last words um and we'll start with 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 the ladies again um Peggy I don't know uh, any final thoughts. that side because um, not a lot of people know about it so I still have to do a lot of marketing in terms of getting my studio out there and people think that it's available and it does exist so yes but anybody who's here just know that my product is available and you could actually get an opportunity to get to create your own the plus line and other products as well great that's great to hear um, please yeah please you know tweet all of that kind of stuff so that we can share it and we can let people know. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's have my thoughts. Uh, okay. So when it comes to, um, first of all, I, I want to acknowledge what Mutusi said and say that that is actually very brilliant, but unfortunately um, it's, and it's very unfortunate thing that the, industry when it comes to makeup it's not as old as time as people think for black people so makeup for black people the industry literally just started um two three years ago 
And we only saw brands starting to create lines for black people. The makeup industry has never been um, sustainable. And in that, it has hindered everyone who is in the supply chain because getting products for black people and getting products for Africans um, like ourselves who are dark is very hard. It's, it's a very taunting process. And even in creating products like that is very hard because it's never been done. And manufacturers are only learning how to create um, makeup for darker people. And factor in the fact that we're not just dark, um, we're in Africa and our conditions are very different. And this goes for skincare and, and everything in between. So I just wanted to say that. And obviously, um, I've seen um, brands um, like your white label and Shadu and whatever who use um, Morula and whatever. And I would, I personally think that is a brilliant idea for us to go back to see what beauty is in 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 Botswana, like what makes us look or what has always made us look beautiful, which is things like Lutsoku and see how we can incorporate that because it had like a undertone that is very um, African and, and yellow and has its bronze and whatever. So that could be like very brilliant for a foundation state. And I hope that um, as creators and makeup um, brands like Nora Cosmetics and other ones that um, exist, we can all um, see into incorporating that into our ingredient list. And then um, I would like to answer Pato on the sustainable fashion thing and say that, of course, um, now um, people are moving towards saying that secondhand, like she mentioned Bale, Bale is now like sustainable fashion. They're saying that um, somebody has to um, sell, like your clothes should be sustainable by saying that you can wear them for like a number of times like now where we shouldn't wear things for trends but rather for um, sustainability and even though that is sustainable in terms of bail it's also hindering um, the industry in Botswana which is already non-existent so we have to create a balance when it comes to that there has to be a balance of making sure that this is regulated the market is regulated so that um, Botswana in, um, designers are also protected in in that respect and um, I don't know if I've answered you, Mpweng. Um, if, it, if there's anything that I've forgotten, please um, remind me. No, those were final thoughts, and they were excellent final thoughts. Um, I've just okay. seen Could I try so add one more thing? Yes, you may. Um, one last thing. Um, I think that um, even though we don't want to have said that the government doesn't care about an industry, I feel like as creatives, we have to call for it. I mean... These people, um, we voted for them, so they essentially work for us. So we need to step forward and tell them that we need policies that have to work for creatives. I mean, um, a fund like YDF cannot reject your project because it's, 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 it's purely online and they say they can't um, understand the business model. They should have people and who understand every type of business models and they should have a diverse group of um, a judging panel to say so, to say that um, this judging panel has to be either, either they um, include creators on it or they um, uh, include people who are not as old as Asian times where they don't understand what is currently happening. So that would be amazing for um, um, Leia and Cedar and all the sorts to actually include um, creatives in their panels so that it's great and I mean I was personally when I wanted to start my line 
my sister and my brother-in-law actually um, funded me, which I'm very grateful for. But we are not all, um, we don't all have that um, parental thing where you can ask your parents to to sponsor your business. So until um, we are to a point where the government and that's who are solely relying on now, um, we need to challenge them to create platforms where they actually get to understand different types of businesses and they are willing to find different type of um, enterprises regardless of whether they understand them or not. They should include people who would. Um, thank you so much, um, everyone, for listening. Um, and thank you, Mpoeng, for the opportunity. It was um, an amazing journey and I learned so much today. Thank you. Um, just to speak to that, um, having sort of um, dealt with CEDA a few times um, in the past, one thing they've said, remember in the, in the guidelines that you did last year, one of the major things they wanted to focus on was the creative space. Um, I think tech and a few others are there as well. What they did say is they know that they don't have the skills for it. They did say they don't have the skills for it. They would love Khorabarutiwe. So that is something that I think, you know, depending on who is spearheading what and who needs to do what, um, you know, let me know, let me get you in contact with the right people. Um, possibly form some sort of, you know, grouping and then go sit with them and just teach them the industry and the value chain and the different things and how things work. And you might start to find Hore, um, the turnarounds on your things are a lot easier and a lot better. Um, not not for now. I just wanted to say that in passing. Um, I've seen uh, we've we've had an invitation. Uh, we've had um, Zoho who's uh, asked to speak. So let maybe let me let him abuye before Mutusilikan. Uh, Zoho. Thank you for the floor, Mpoeng, and uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, well, I'm I'm Zoe I work at uh, Botswana Investment and Trade Center and through Brand Botswana. But uh, tonight, I just came through as just a visitor to take notes and understand uh, uh, spaces and fully get uh, notes from what you guys are saying and everything, so that when you get to the office, is something that we can recommend and uh, ensure that we 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 uptake. To, to our superiors and no, but at the moment uh, I came through personally to to understand and fully grasp what what is needed out there, because as you may understand through Brand Botswana, we, we we should get more ideas are from are from you guys, and we should ensure that we collaborate and everything. But at the moment, I'm personally on the personal space, but it is a, a take home. That's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, Joho. Um, are you are you are you open for um, some of the people, you know, not just necessarily the panelists, but um, people that are in the space who um, one might not know how you can help them, um, and two, um, who might also assist you guys, policy ideas and all of that. Are you open for people to reach out to you? Um, in that regard, and you know, even maybe start off informally, um, and then and then take it from there. 
Yeah, thank you for that, Mpweng. And as 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 uh, Brand Botswana and through BITC as well, we are we are our doors are open to to understand and fully uh, collaborate with, with Botswana out there. And Totahela, we 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 can't shun ideas, Botswana, and uh, we have to be we have to be at the fore with the whole thing. And we truly appreciate uh, Botswana coming forward to 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 say what they offer on the table and everything. But uh, at the end of the day, it's all about collaboration and it's all about taking Botswana forward. And in that regard, we we have to do better as as an organization. But uh, as I was saying. Tonight I'm on only on only on my personal space, and uh, with this, it's uh, it's much more like a, a take home on how we can reach our superiors to do better to collaborate with Botswana and everything. But yeah, we are open. No, definitely, thank you. And I and I think the fact that um, you've reached out in your personal capacity actually to me means more. The fact that you said you've taken your time, Horeza means more it actually does mean that um you're, you're passionate and you're not just doing it uh tiga box um so i think i think that i think we definitely appreciate that um and you know i think the, the opportunity is there guys um you know use people like Tsoho. thank you very much um uh Kanyo, any final thoughts Hi. Yes, I've been I've been listening to Zoro, and he he touches on a on a very on a topic that I actually love. But I think just on a closing, um, I'd just like to mention the fact that Africa, the African market. I just want to touch on the African market and the consumers in that market, and, and I know this is going to benefit other people outside of fashion. The African market has developed so much. Currently, the, the African market is showing signs of developing luxury market industries. Um, this is because now people have bigger, um, bigger sources of income. Um, there's a lot of startups that are coming out of the continent. There's a lot of people who are now becoming wealthier, pretty much. Africa is not just looked at as a, as a place where there's just only poor people. With this comes so many other developments. This is also developments in taste, developments in um, infrastructure, and every other thing that you can think of. So people are kind of developing tastes and habits of almost like first world countries. This presents an opportunity for industries such as fashion. And we should take note of those. And we should be also developing in line with what's happening within the continent. Having said that, I think also, just to go back into the fashion industry, what we need to now start doing is streamlining production processes within our lines of business. So if you're going to be producing fabric, for example, you should be able to produce fabric for different things. So if I'm going to be using cotton, for example, I should be able, I should now streamline whether I'm doing toweling, that is going to be used for shirts or I'm doing cotton that is going to be used to make denim etc etc this trickles down also to the fashion designers am I a designer is going to be producing sportswear am I a designer is only going to be producing luxury um, clothing or am I going to do mass or 
whatever. There's so many compartments in which you're able to fit yourself in. And then within those, within those organizations that make the fashion as well, we, we, we need to start um, enhancing our capabilities and our capacity and, and production processes as well. There's this thing of where, like Mutusi had mentioned before, that people always assume that, or people look at everything that is made in, from Africa with the eye of, a, of an art and crafts. And you know, with arts and crafts, you can have maybe three different t-shirts and they're not all going to look the same. But because it's an art and craft, it's just like, okay, no, that's fine. But if we want to be competing on an international scale, we need to um, up the standard, up the ante, and adhere to as many um, production processes as possible. We need to be compliant with what's required, especially with big organizations such as the AS. ASTM, for example, um, in in the production process that we employ within our organizations. Because essentially, if you're going to be producing for a Mr. Price just here in South Africa, you need to adhere to certain processes. They also have, within the individual organizations, they have standards of their own that they have set for their clients or for their customers, which you need to be able to adhere to. And that's why and somebody was asking Elia how, um, on the TL, was asking Elia how, um, how is it that um, a supplier from Botswana is able to supply to South Africa? Well, South African retailers each have their own kind of supplier programs and you can able to register with them and become a supplier for them. It doesn't mean that you're going to be carrying your brand into the store, but you're just going to be producing merchandise for them. And most of everything is just going to be carrying the label of that retail store. However, um, just a side note, as a fashion designer or a private label fashion designer, you'd want to carry your own label. But there's avenues for growth as a supplier to most of these retails. Um, currently, there's Nortex in, in the north, which is producing. I know Nortex produces products for Mr. Price Home, Sheet Street, um, at home as well, um, as well as um, what's the other one? Yeah, Mr. Price. Mr. Uh, what's the other one? Yeah, it's a home. It's a home. It's a home store, for example. But Notex has managed to. If if you look, if you had to do a case study on Notex, you'll realize they've streamlined their production processes. They've increased their capability and production over time. But also, the one thing that they've done is that they've crafted world-class marketing strategies um, which allow them to compete in any part of the world. So you have Nortex and it's able to produce toweling and towel products for the Northern Hemisphere, as well as for us also this side. And then just to touch on authenticity, I'd just like to say that collaboration is key to most of everything that we do as designers. I'd love to see in the coming years, we are able to uplift the local communities within our industry. So for example, the Bummeba Ba Ba Bakuhanti, for example, they are well they are well skilled in fabric painting, in beading, for example. If we're able to include them in our production processes such that they're able to also um, get the benefit out of it instead of being uh, manipulated or 
taken advantage of because of the fact that they don't know how much their products are actually worth and how they should be compensating themselves for them or how much they should be pricing them. Um, once we we have the capability and we know that we have the knowledge to be able to bring them into the production processes and allow them to benefit the way they should. Um, so it's a process where we don't leave anyone behind. And just another thing as well on what Zoro said, um, BITC, and I know I've been studying BITC from a very long time, um, they, they, they are the key because they always want to establish mutual beneficial um, kind of relationships with people outside of the country. I remember at one of the global expos, I was able to meet um, a, leather, a leather products maker from Italy. Italy is known for creating all the leather bags and the designer, you know, leather commodities. But he said that he was here because he was looking for a place where he could be able to source leather, well, high quality leather for their products. So it's people like that who come here and, and BITC helps to establish those relationships with those people so that we can be able to trade better. This is not just to... This is not just to produce, but also to allow you to have your foot in the world and be able to carry your ethos or your or your or your mark to the rest of the world. Thank you, um, Mutusi. Uh, you are going to space. Last thoughts. Hey, um, just lastly, I wanted to say, as a creative, it's okay. Um, you don't have to know everything. Um, you don't have to understand certain concepts uh, because you are a creative and that's what you should shine with. And uh, this is why it's important to then is um, source help. You know, I mean, there's so many things in the business. There's so many things when it comes to the business of fashion that if you are going to, just like any other business, and um, if you think you're going to be able to do everything yourself, you're setting up yourself for failure. And um, one, I think the one um, important thing is to remember that in the end, these businesses, these creative, um, amazing creative ideas that we have are businesses. And um, I think that is a starting point um, to, into a, 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 a good growth um, in the future. Uh, now, one of the things that I wish for um, or that I want to share with everybody that's listening is that I was, dis- I was discovered through technology. I was able to use my space, um, my, 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 my technology space uh, to be able to put out my work there. And that's how I was discovered even before I became what I really was, uh, you know, what I am now. You know, I was able to sell my product or my service or my dream through the, you know, the, 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 the online platform. And that's how I was able to be thrown, um, you know, to the deep end. And that made me want to just push and push and push uh, because I then realized what the international platform has got. The traveling or the having the opportunity to have traveled the world had shown me that there's still so much that we need to learn as Botswana um, business um, platform uh, not just in the creative or as designers or mod- makeup or make- modeling industry. 
we need to learn so much um um, you know, there's so much that we are lacking. One of the things being the use of technology. And um, I think, you know, when people, when we're speaking about COVID and everybody was saying, what do you think you have learned so much? Or what do you think was, should have been a wake up call for Botswana during this COVID time? And I said, you know, one of the things that I've always been advocating for and pushing for is the fact that we need to use, we need to be able to offer a service that can sell in our we don't have to be sitting across from each uh, from each other to be able to sell our service and once you get to that space you know that you are headed for the right direction if you are in a space where one day you are in an airport and you see somebody passing and they're wearing your own product and you don't even know who they are that on its own says you've been able to push the boundaries you've pushed beyond your own existing market or the little uh, market that we have as Botswana. So please, you know, acknowledge those things. You know, there's so many things that we need to do, like remodeling to provide, like I said, remodeling our businesses. You know, that's, I think, one thing that we should have learned through COVID, remodeling the businesses to be acknowledged, uh, to, to be able to acknowledge different aesthetics that come with the business, saying, when a time is like this, what do we do? Do I sit and wait and say, and I'm able to remodel the product to be able to suit the prevailing time? You know, as a makeup artist, are you able to say, people are just staying home uh, and nobody is wearing excessive makeup because they're not going out what can i then provide as a makeup artist and after service of this of a product that i have you know can i be able to say let me offer um you know service where you can learn home makeup women wear makeup to the gym now we are no longer in a space where you know they want to sweat uh, with their face beat they want to be looking in a certain way so the, the fact that that happens today shows you that there is a market or there is room for you to be able to offer a service for somebody who's working from home as the current uh, situations are you know um there's things like minimum wages you know you know we as Kanye was saying that people these people i urge everybody to invest in your own knowledge because you take your work, you take it to Hansi, they look at your 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 you enhance their 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 creative ability. Before you know it, Mutwisi has managed to work with the ladies again. You've tweaked, you have managed to tweak a little bit of their work and it's yours, you know, and, and it's become mine. So Ganya's work, my work has become almost similar. So you need to teach yourself in terms of how do you protect your work, your intellectual property, you know, all those things. And with knowledge and uh, teaching yourself, I swear to you, you'll never go wrong. And lastly, like you said, Tsuzohua, I'm very happy that he was he's here because, like I mentioned earlier on, I think that it's very important for them to teach themselves um, to understand the business of fashion because our, we are really a special market. We're different from a lot of things. We don't, you know, things like procurement of services, like I said, I'm going to Dubai and then I just send it to you without protection of my work because then it could end up being, you know, remodeled to to be given to a company in, in, in China to say, reproduce that for me in, um, you know, in a cheaper process, in a faster process, you know. Um, and thank you very much. Those were just my last words. I just want to say thank you very much. Um, Poeng and your team because like I said earlier on a couple of years ago we would not be in a position to have a conversation like this but the fact that we are here and speaking says there is 
um, a future in the business of fashion. And um, hopefully we will be able to make moves and changes um, uh, very soon. Thank you, Mutusi. Um, I think I think at the end of the day, this, these conversations, the themes are extremely similar across industries. You know, something that Lizima said on, on you know, the makeup artists um, having been, you know, a lot better than the other guys in the in the area in 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 the in the region. I mean, I, I can remember a time where I used to feel, about two thousand and six, where I used to feel um, Botswana hip hop was a lot stronger than SA hip hop. But you know, we 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 always struggled to grow beyond a, a, a certain period. And I think Botswana in the creative space, we need to find a way of 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 just getting it right because the, the issues that are not so in music, in in in, in sport, um, in movies and whatnot, in fashion are exactly the same. But the reality of it is that whilst there are challenges, the opportunities are huge. Africa's opening up. Um, you know, the BITCs, the cedars of the world. All of these the opportunities are there. We just need to do the work. Um, we need to do the work. Um, the work unfortunately um, will not just be social media or they should do better. Like Mutusi said, we need to find a way of collaborating, you know, getting together and actually doing work, actually reaching out to those BITCs, actually reaching out to those cedars and 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 and, and helping them help us. Um, and I'd like to say thank you guys. Thank you for speaking. I think this has probably been our longest space. Um, thank you for, for everything. And, and we're, we're going to have to call you back another time. Let's um, a little bit deeper into, into all of the issues. Um, we will be having the next space that we'll be having, I think, will be in two weeks after Bipuso. Um, and the, I think the issue that we might touch on there, uh, we're, we're likely to talk about um, the end of the SOE, which seems like it'll be happening. Um, and then speaking about employers. And obviously we are going to have, a, there's going to be discussions on on retrenchments, both as small businesses and large businesses. So employers, you know, how should you be treating that exercise? Employees, what should you be expecting? So it's going to be a little bit grim, but it is the kind of things that we do really need to talk about um, and, 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 and bring in lawyers and have them uh, talk to us about, you know, how all of these things should be done. But uh, today I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for everybody. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, yeah, let's keep these conversations going. Um, and, and hopefully before we know it, we, you know, maybe they will light a fire um, under us to solve some of these problems. And I hope that even the people that are in the space that we eventually get um, will will link up together the, the you know the Zohos of the world with um, the different other people the Patos of the world working um, with 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 with, with Tusi. and and somebody here or hopefully will come up and say manufacturer I want to be a motuadi fabric how do I do that and just sorting out the value chain like that um, I think I think guys thank you for joining us. Um, we'll see you next time in BW Connect Spaces. Bye. Hi. Hi. I wanted to just add before, well, as people are leaving, um, there was the thing you touched on about um, financial models and and business um, and building scalable business in the fashion industry and how some people are not aware of the industry and how it grows and the scalable models that can be used 
I just wanted to touch on that. Well, we'll continue the conversation. But yes, I I I wanted to to just touch base on that. Yeah. Do you do you wanna no mm. No 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 no. Um. No, I think what what I said was um I can't remember what um. Actually, what did I say? Ask, ask me the question. What did I say? You, you had, you had mentioned Hore the people who I think it's the people who um review or review the the business uh, plans oh, yes. and yes. everything. I'm not aware of the complexities in the industry as well as how it works. Yes, I had said so. Nikiri. I had said um, from when 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 last year I had been interacting with Cedar, um, they have started um, a new, you know, they, when they reviewed their guidelines, um, creative industry is one of the things that they included, but they did say mm-hmm. um, last year, including Likaba Tech, they did say these are new to us. Um, come closer to us so that you can also, you know, help us um, with regards to learning about them so that, you know, you can also teach them some of these and, and work quite closely. Um, so so how so to give you an example, when somebody is um, going off and 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 a business model, um, the reviewers there have done hundreds of those and they know those very well and, you know, it's easy. Um, but they were sort mm-hmm. of trying to manage expectations or as much as we were opening up for this. The reality of it is that some of most of our reviewers would not have necessarily have seen these before. And um, so it is um, important maybe as a as, as a community. And I said, you can reach out to me for that. But um, in terms of as a community, see how um, you guys can group yourselves um, and possibly see how um, we can link um, yourselves up lay the seeds of the world so that there's a you know there's there's learning between the two and hopefully like um, as much as you can with regards to your business models and how they work so that they are also able to to then be able to to assist and, and help you guys much better in that regard so there isn't a, a, uh, a straightforward easy answer to say okay go do this but the process needs to start uh, the work needs to start Okay. All right. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. So we will have a chat about that, and and, and then we can we can, we can take it forward, and see how to move forward. Okay. With all right, um, guys. Thank you very much. Um, it was a really really powerful space. I think it feels to me it feels like it's something. Say, we're gonna need to we're gonna definitely have to redo again, and then break it up into smaller pieces so that we can um really really um go deep into it. Um, thank you very much. Thank you to all the speakers. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, we will, we will, I guess, start talk up on a happen two weeks. Um, thank you. Bye. 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 Good night. <laughs>